Uh, really good and kind of serious question here from No Drama Llama. Uh, I have a question, uh, and it is bothering me. We were in a, the tornado bullseye, and we asked for prayer from different people, including a Bible study group, all our prayer warriors. We went through the whole night without so much as a rain shower. We were in a seemingly protective bubble of the Lord, truly a miracle, answered prayer. Well, praise the Lord. That's great news. Uh, I was talking to someone and telling him of God's miracle of answered prayer, and he said, so everyone else who got damaged and lost lives were the sinners surrounding you who didn't get spared. You're special. Uh, I was stunned and couldn't come up with a response. I've been troubled now for days. As a Christian, I should have had an answer for him, but I didn't. Uh, What should my response have been? Thank you, Brian. Well, thank you, No Drama Llama, for asking that question. And, uh, uh, don't be too hard on yourself that, uh, you know, that kind of a scenario is often not expected, but it does happen. Um, you're sharing what God has done. You're excited about it. You're um, trying to use it as a testimony of, of answer prayer and that kind of thing. And someone doesn't really receive it that way. Uh, and who knows, um, you know, what's going on in this, uh, this, this fellow's mind and, and what, you know, where he was at with the Lord or any of that, is he a believer or not? There's lots of uh, different things that can weigh in on why that response was the way it was. So don't be too hard on yourself. Uh, rather, kudos to you for wanting to share God's goodness and faithfulness. That's wonderful. Um, but it is a very good question. You know, why is it and how would we respond to someone who asks a question? You know, why is it that you were spared, but others weren't? I mean, is it really just because you prayed and others didn't? Well, probably not. There were probably other strong believers who were praying that same night in that same tornado uh, who were not spared uh, devastating loss and, and calamity and that kind of thing. So is it because you prayed and they didn't? No, you. it's likely that others prayed and they didn't experience the same thing. Um, and so that becomes a challenging thing for us. And the truth be told, I, I don't really know that there's a sort of pat answer to that question. You know, why did God spare you guys so graciously in that circumstance, but didn't spare others? Is it because... Um, they're sinners and you're not? No, it's not that either. We're all sinners too. You know, we're sinners that are saved by God's grace. Um, you know, is it Luke uh, 13 where he talks about this tower in Siloam that fell down and killed 18 people? And, um, uh, and uh, you know, were they worse sinners than others? And, you know, the obvious answer is no. So we don't always understand the whys of God. And so um, as an old adage goes, and, and it's it's a pithy sort of expression, and I don't mean to uh, employ it here in sort of a light fashion, because I think it's actually rather profound, and I think it's appropriate here to consider. Um, you know, uh, when we're confronted with that which we don't understand, uh, it's best to then fall back on what we do understand. And what we don't understand is the why. Why did God do this here among you guys and not maybe for others? It's, there's, there's no simple answer to that, and so we don't really understand. And it would also be presumptuous for us to say, well, this is why God chose to do it this way. I don't think anyone of us can say that. Um, but we can fall back on principle and, on, and fall back on what we do understand. Um, what do we understand? Well, uh, we understand that God is good. We understand he's faithful. We understand he's eternally consistent. Uh, We understand that God doesn't do evil and he's not tempted, nor does he tempt. There is no evil or darkness in him whatsoever, only light. Uh, We know that he is, that everything he does ultimately has 
uh, a perfect end in mind, and he is glorified in it, and he can even ultimately use these things for our glory. Um, and so these are the kinds of things that I would maybe step back and say, okay, well, the larger picture uh, is something I can uh, have some sense of understanding of, even though I don't know if I can give an, a specific answer to the specific situation that took place. Uh, there's a passage in Romans chapter 8 that you've probably got memorized, but um, in the event that um, that this might be a new thing for some uh, listening, Romans 8.28 is a passage that uh, oftentimes is quoted in isolation, but I would argue that Romans 8.28 really is part of the larger conversation uh, with the uh, discussion that Paul is making um, in the passages all surrounding it, all the way up through verse 39. Uh, in chapter 8, verse 28, he says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. And then he goes on to speak about this idea of his foreknowledge and predestination ultimately resulting in the justification and glorification of those whom he foreknew and predestined. And then we also see here that um, God, if God is for us, who can be against us? And in verses 38 and 39, Paul is persuaded that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, And so I would, uh, our Lord, and it starts by saying, and we know that all things work together for good. And so in the context of the entire passage, it's not just that things might work out in an immediate sense for an immediate good. In other words, he may not do things that we see the benefit of or even the uh, intended end of right away, but rather instead, the picture here is one of him working all things together for our ultimate good. There is a far-reaching purpose and plan that he's working out in us and through us that ultimately glorifies him, but also has the capacity to um, uh, result in, uh, in, in a far more weighty, exceeding weight of glory for us as well. It's something that is a, an ongoing work that he's doing within us. And sometimes that work involves us going through very difficult things. Um, a, uh, an example that comes to mind is, uh, Paul in, in, uh, first Corinthians or second Corinthians 12 verses seven through 10, where he is, uh, mentioning how he has been buffeted by a messenger of Satan And three times he prayed to the Lord to be delivered from it. But the Lord essentially said no. He said, instead, my grace is sufficient for you, and uh, my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul goes on to explain that it's because of the revelations he'd received and all of this, lest he become arrogant or puffed up, God allows this messenger of Satan to come upon him, this angel of Satan to buffet him. Uh, and and Jesus does not deliver him from it, but rather allows it to be an instrument of Paul's learning to rest in the in the grace of Christ, but also in resulting in the opportunity for Christ to show himself strong in whatever way that meant for Paul in that time. And then Paul's response to that is profound, I think. Uh, he says, well, then let it be so. In other words, if, if this is what ultimately results in you being uh, glorified and you being shown strong and such, then then I will rejoice in my sufferings uh, for that purpose. And so when we find ourselves confronted with things we don't understand, we hopefully have grown to a place in our walk with Christ. And if not, these circumstances can become tools in his hand to ultimately help us grow in this way. You know, James would say, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing the testing of your faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be mature, thoroughly equipped, lacking nothing. And so the idea that these things have no purpose or that they're randomly befalling us is something that we can rule out right away. 
but that rather if we find ourselves in it, whether we're spared through it or we find ourselves not spared through it, there is in fact purpose in the hands of God, ultimately working out our greatest good and also his glorification, uh, in including oftentimes just the simple helping us to grow to maturity in our faith. There are far more eternal things in mind than just simply temporal when we find ourselves as believers walking through life. Um, I would also say this, um, sometimes God uses these things not only just in our own lives. Now, again, you were spared the tornado and the storm and all of those things passed by you. Others likely were not. Um, But whether you were spared or not, God is using that circumstance not only in your own life, but oftentimes he'll use it in the lives of those peripherally as well. They're not peripheral to God, but we may not recognize that he's doing something outside of the immediate frame of reference that we have before us. Um, I, I can think of an example myself in that regard. Um, you know, 30 years ago-ish, um, my best friend at the time, his mother passed away from cancer. And he had um, he knew I was a churchgoer. Now, I was not a believer at that time. I was just simply someone who went to went to church regularly. But I in you know, in retrospect, and certainly at that time, I came to realize that I was not actually a believer. Well, he would ask me, you know, why why did God take my mom? Uh, why would God take my mom with cancer? Why did she have to die essentially? Well, I didn't have any real answer to that, but the Lord used that circumstance to help me recognize that part of the reason why I didn't know how to respond to that is because I had no business speaking for God because I didn't know him myself. And I ultimately, uh, it was those circumstances that played sort of that last straw on the camel's back that ultimately led me to, um, you know, to come to faith. And so uh, I became a Christian as a result, a follower of Jesus during that whole circumstance. And so um, now my friend, I, I've, I've since over the years lost touch with him. I don't know if he ever came to know Christ or not. Um, but uh, at the time, it was a very adverse thing, difficult for him. And so I would never look lightly upon that. But I can say that it had a profound impact on me. And it ultimately was a part of what God used to bring me to Christ. And so, um, you know, the short answer in one sense is no, you're not special and you don't, you weren't spared just because you prayed because others prayed and weren't spared. And so, um, you know, uh, with, with respect to the, you know, the, the strong folks and folks in faith that were praying for you, I mean, God answers prayer, but you know, others were likely praying as well. And so at the end of the day, God sovereignly chose to spare you that particular circumstance and by the way, that particular circumstance, I'm fairly certain you've not been spared all hardships. Uh, chances are you've gone through some uh, pretty profound hardships in other times in your life, but this particular one is an example of where God spared you that. And others, similarly so. You know, they may have been spared other hardships in their lives, but God used this in their lives in some way, even though they might have been praying with their own pr- team of prayer warriors as well, but God didn't spare them that calamity. We don't know. We don't know why God chooses to do some things some ways and some things other ways. But we do know that we are bought at a price, and therefore we will glorify God with our bodies, which means he has the right to do in our lives those things that he sees fit for the purposes that he wants to work out. Now, if the gentleman who was sort of pushing back a little bit on your uh, your praise report, um, you know, if he's not a believer, and I don't know him, if he's not a believer, then it would be understandable that he wouldn't necessarily have that perspective. You as a believer 
do or should have that perspective where you can sort of step back and see the larger picture of what God may be doing or, or why he may be doing these things in the larger sense of things. We never really know specifically why God is doing something, but in the larger sense, we can certainly have some idea based on our understanding of his character and, and such. But for someone who doesn't know the Lord, um, we can't expect them to really know that. And so we can try and explain some of that to them, but it, it's, it's, it's going to... Um, it's still going to oftentimes ring shallow, and you can't really help that. Uh, I think that what we're talking about here is, in fact, a legitimate, uh, reasonable response to that kind of thing. But, you know, some of these things, for various reasons in a person's lives, when they're confronted with those kinds of questions and they're trying to reconcile it, they're coming from a different place without the benefit of having that relationship with the Lord. Uh, and again, I, I don't know if that's true or not with this particular guy, but it just sometimes stands to reason. So anyway, so I apologize that I can't say, well, here's what you say next time. But hopefully, in just sort of mulling these things over a little bit and, and looking at some scriptures that give us a basis for this understanding, uh, maybe it gives us something to think through and to wrestle with. And and ours is a faith that we are blessed and and and, and graced to be able to wrestle with things like this. Um, strong believers throughout history have wrestled hard with questions like this. And so you're not, you're, you're in good company. You're not alone. Uh, and so let me encourage you to continue to wrestle with it. My sense is from the question, the way you asked it, that it has been bothering you. And I'm, I'm sure you have been praying about it and thinking about it. And it may be that the Lord has sort of put something in your mind that is specific to speaking to that gentleman, should you ever see him again. Um, but, um, but again, in principle, this is something that we we don't want to be casual or um, or sort of trite about. This is a very legitimate um, difficulty that a lot of people wrestle with, whatever form this kind of question may take or whatever may have prodded it. So um, good for you for wanting to share of God's goodness and faithfulness, uh, but don't be too hard on yourself for not knowing quite how to come back um, in in with that. I remember. Uh, I'll end on a little more lighthearted note. Um, Frank Peretti, uh, some of you may know Frank Peretti's writings, uh, This Present Darkness and such. Um, he was doing a talk one time and uh, in the midst of his funny, you know, he's a very funny person and uh, and a good storyteller. And uh, one of the things he was talking about was he was on a radio program and and he was talking about the the book he'd been writing and all this kind of thing. And he talked about truth and all this kind of thing. And the radio interviewer said, well, what is truth? And he said, I had a great answer for her three days later, you know, well, we can all relate to that. You know, it's like, if, well, I wish I'd thought of this then and I could have, you know, had this silver bullet answer kind of thing. But a lot of times we don't. And we just have to sort of sit back and think it through, pray about it, meditate on the word and, and see what um, yeah, you know, what wisdom the Lord may give us about it, what growth may come through it. So the next time we find ourselves in that circumstance, um, you know, we've we've you know now been prodded to have given it some more thought in that regard. So hopefully, to, in some way, this serves toward helping toward that end. Um, so thanks for asking the question, uh, NDL. I'm glad that uh, um, that uh, that you did, and I have a feeling there are probably others that have been in similar circumstances. So uh, it seemed like a good idea to maybe take a minute and share about it. So. All right. Well, thank you for that. And if you have any questions or anything that you'd like to share, you can always do so by commenting on our in our YouTube channel. 
you can also email me at info at calvarychapelfranklin.com, and I'm glad to try and answer as many of these as I can. I know there's quite a few here comments that I have yet to get to, and there's some questions here that I try to I'm going to try and get to in the days to come as well, along with the other things that we're doing. Uh, prophecy briefs are coming, and we want to get back to our study in Romans someday. I've got some other ideas of things that I'd like to cover as well. So uh, in any case, thank you all for watching and listening and for sharing your thoughts and questions and such. And uh, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and uh, give you peace forever. Uh, Lord, we do thank you for... Um, just the knowledge that you have given us of you uh, in your word. And, and as we've grown in our experience walking with you, we've come to see so many things in your word. Find uh, application and take root in our lives that, um, that help us uh, to wrestle with the hard things. We don't always understand the whys of what you do, but we are thankful that we can know that you're always good. You're consistently faithful. You're eternal, uh, eternally good and loving and just. You're always working out things uh, together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. We thank you that nothing will separate us uh, from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We know that um, there is benefit even in the strugglings and the and the strife and the difficulties and the tribulations that we experience. Ultimately, Lord, it's a it's it's a way that you teach us to uh, trust in the sufficiency of your grace and even uh, to give you opportunity to show yourself strong on our behalf and ultimately for your glory. So help us to grow to maturity, that we would, uh, uh, we would in fact, be able to count it all joy when we fall into various trials, knowing that this testing of our faith produces patience, and it can ultimately, if we'll let it, it'll have its perfect work in us, ultimately growing us to maturity. So help us to be wise in this way. Help us, uh, like Job, not to charge you foolishly, and like Job also, to be willing to accept both good and and evil, as it were, from you, uh, things that we don't understand or maybe don't see what you're doing. Help us to be willing to accept even that, um, rather than to accuse you of things when we don't understand. Uh, I know it's been said that, you know, we don't always live on explanations from you, but we are invited to live on the promises that you've made. And so help us to trust and stand upon you, your consistency, your faithfulness, your character and nature, your promises and such. Help us to rest in you, even when we're confronted with things we don't understand. Thank you that we can fall back on what we do. So we praise you for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, and Father, I guess I would just add to that, uh, for any who did uh, go through hard sufferings in the midst of that tornado, who are still trying to recover and recoup from that, we just want to pray for them that you'd show your grace in this, that somehow, Father, people would, in the midst of that turmoil, uh, would come to you. And maybe those who are unbelievers would somehow see this is your call to them to come and put their trust in you in the midst of it. We're thankful that uh, you did spare some uh, from any uh, hardship in this thing. Um, but we do pray for those who um, who ultimately did, and we do pray you'd work out your perfect purposes in that. Again, thank you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.